Brittany Estep. And I'm Chip Richter. And you're listening to the Roots and Wings podcast. A conversation about faith, family, and parenting. We're glad you're listening. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Roots and Wings podcast. I'm very excited to be here today because it's not just me and my dad. Not that that's bad, Dad. It's good to have you. Um, but I'm really excited because we have a very special guest. Um, it's it's my uncle, my uncle Jeff, but he is also a, a licensed mental health counselor, and he also works on a college campus, um, just kind of focusing on college students and helping counsel them through their crazy journey of the four years that they're here. So we're just so excited to have you, Uncle Jeff. Nice to have you here. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Welcome, Jeff. Jeff is my brother. That's that's how he gets to be Brittany's uncle. So uh, this is this is fun for me, too, to have Jeff here on our podcast. And, um, you know, we, we have been, we've touched on and talked about um, dealing with our our fears and our anxieties uh, in the midst of this pandemic that we all find ourselves in. The last several episodes, we've tried to devote to some practical ideas and thoughts and even good takeaways for you and your family in the midst of this to try to be helpful. So I really think that this episode is going to be super helpful too for you at home, whether you have kids or whether you're a single person, it doesn't really matter because what we're going to talk about is something that everybody has. And then I think probably everybody is dealing with to one degree or another uh, in some ways. And what we're going to, what we're talking about is, is our emotions and our feelings and, and really fear and anxiety. What do you do with it? What do you do with it? I mean, there's a ton of it, right? So that's why we invited my brother Jeff here, because he, as a professional counselor, as a licensed counselor, he deals with this and he has a, he has a unique and um, really qualified perspective. That's good. Brittany and I talk a lot about this stuff, but we don't know what we're talking about. Correct. <laughs> we just know we have a lot of feelings and we want to, you know, we want to work with them and also help other people too. But Jeff has got some things to bring to us that I think is going to be really helpful. So Jeff, thanks for, thanks for coming and sharing. So um, Jeff, just um, practical stuff. So you're working from home now. You're, you're doing your work like a lot of people from home. I am. Our students were sent home to complete the semester online, mm-hmm. um, but the school is continuing to provide for their mental well-being. And so our counseling staff are all now working remotely. We're providing uh, telehealth or teletherapy um, <laughs> like most of the country, right? I mean, college campuses all over the country have done the same thing. And yeah. and I think even local therapy is being provided via the telephone or via video conferencing, things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing now. Yeah. We're doing that um, for about a little over three weeks now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Different. <laughs> it is very different. It's different. Yeah. Well, Uncle Jeff, I'm curious um, – like my dad said, you have experience in mental health. What what do you think this season, we keep talking about like physical safety, you know, this quarantine time of like not going out and keeping ourselves physically safe. And that's so important and that's so needed. And I'm glad we're doing that. But in that time, there's also this idea of like men, our, our mental health and our safety. Can you speak into a little bit of why staying home and isolated may be challenging for mental health and maybe some of the things people are experiencing and 
if they're feeling those things, maybe they're not so crazy. <laughs> right, right. Well, we are social beings, right? Um, we do. We are used to being around people and relating to people. And so at this time, I think we have that need still, but it's being so severely impinged upon at this point. We just mm-hmm. don't have the opportunity to get out and, and spend time with people as much. Although I, I say that, that's kind of a broad statement. There are people who don't require a lot of socialization, and this is this is working for them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is um, some you think people. There are may, people that like it, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. probably some people that are yeah. like this. This is perfect for me. You know, I don't being out in public, having to socialize is pressure for them, mm-hmm. and so by them being home and not having the pressure that. You know, the expectation that they need to be social is really, you know, it's better for them. Um, But I think we feel the same pressure, just the opposite side of that. So people who are social, they're feeling pressured by being alone, right? Mm -hmm. And and so when you think about who we are as human beings, pressure is kind of a natural thing that we all feel. I think we're all built to feel that. But as that pressure mounts and it builds, it turns into stress. And as it continues to build, it turns into anxiety. So a little bit of being alone is fine. Mm-hmm. Too much being alone really is stressful and, mm-hmm. and sometimes anxiety producing for us. So I think there's that aspect of it that that we're feeling our anxiety building or, or the stress in our life building from not being able to be social. But I think there's this other aspect of this whole thing is just, just the idea of the unknown, the mm-hmm. uncertainty of how long does this last? What do mm-hmm. we have to do? Is this working? Isn't it working? Um, we like to know things. You know, we, we feel comfortable and in control when we have all the information. But right now we don't have all the information and, right. and we're getting all different kinds of information. So we, we aren't really sure if we know anything or not. Mm-hmm. And again, that's anxiety producing, right? That's a stressful way to, to feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you how what are how would you encourage someone to process the unknown? Like, how do you even begin unpacking something that you can't even you don't even know to unpack? So, how mm-hmm. do you deal with just sitting in a state of? Hmm, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Right. I guess and all, saying, all saying, you really all you really healthy. all you really know is what you're feeling, which is anxious. Right. But, how do you, yeah, that's a good question. How do you process yeah. the, un- what do you do with that? I mean. Yeah. Well, I think the better that we can handle uncertainty, um, the more at peace we are, the more, you know, the more comfortable we are just with our life. I think the other aspect of it, one, like a practical way to, to do that um, is to dial it in. All right. So the future where the future is what's unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, I would say two months ago, we didn't know what was going to happen a year from now or we didn't know what was going to happen six months from now. But as this as this virus has been rolling out and as the information is getting to us, the things that we knew in the morning, we don't know in the afternoon. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's how quickly it's changing. So the uncertainty has really increased. What we don't know has become, you know, acutely aware to us. What we do know for certain, we, you know, that's gotten a lot smaller. So 
when I work with people who have a lot of anxiety, because a lot of people with anxiety are they're kind of future thinkers or thinking about the future. They're thinking somewhere down the road. The idea of being a future thinker is that you're, you know, some people they're, they're, they like they're living in the past, right? They're, they're thinking about the past. They're thinking about past experiences, their memories are going down memory lane. It's filled with nostalgia and, and things like that. And those kinds of thoughts, thoughts of the past, are, those thoughts are filled with either feelings of regret, like I wish I didn't do that or I wish that didn't happen, or they're filled with feelings of nostalgia, like those are the good old days. Mm-hmm. That was a wonderful time mm-hmm. in comparison to what I'm experiencing now. And so those kinds of thoughts, the ideas of nostalgia, the ideas of regret, they have a tendency to make us sad, to make us depressed. Yeah. And... and People who live in the future, who are thinking about the future, like what's going to happen? You know, how am I, am I going to be okay? You know, am I going to get the job that I'm applying for? You know, thinking about all these things in the future is filled with uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And uncertainty creates anxiety, creates feelings of stress. Like, Mm -hmm. is it going to work out? I don't know if it's going to work Mm -hmm. out. And so people who have a tendency to be, you know, past, like thinking in the past, have a tendency to be more depressed, their mood gets a little bit down. Mm-hmm. People have a tendency to think of the future a lot. They have a tendency to, their their mood, and they have a tendency to feel anxious, to be un- filled with that uncertainty and just that not sure how things are going to work out, that doubt. People who have a tendency to be in the present have a tendency to be at peace mm-hmm. because we know what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. So it's important to think of the past so that we can learn from it. Mm-hmm. It's important to think of the future so that we can prepare for it. Mm-hmm. But it's super important to live in the present, to be in the here and now, right? And so, and I mean, and, you know, like AA, you know, is probably the most successful program for dealing with addictions and stuff. And one of their the sayings that they use in AA is one day at a time, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I can handle what's here and what's now. Right, right. And, um, and so that's a practical way. When you, when you find yourself being kind of fearful and anxious about what's coming up, what's in the future, bring it back into the moment, bring it back mm-hmm. into the present and say, okay, well, I don't know what the future holds, but I know what I'm doing right now. And is there something I'm doing right now that can prepare for the future? Then do it. If there's not, then just return your attention to what's going on currently, right right now, right today. That's really good. That's very I good. love that. Yeah. Me too. How how would you encourage somebody whose present is not so positive? So like thinking about the future is unknown and you're in this present state and like for example you you probably experience this too one thing that I feel for a lot of our students who we sent home is home not all home is positive and so their present state or certain present states um, are really hard to wade through and so to focus on the present and not having a lot of control to be able to change that how do you how do you encourage somebody in those moments yeah, that's tough. That, cause <laughs> I have I have students that, you know, 
what we talk about when they're at school is we're dealing with some, you know, difficult family relationships, things like yeah. that. And for some of them going home on breaks are, is really challenging because they're yeah. in that, in that place. And, um, and I don't know that there is like one really good answer. Mm-hmm. I think it makes it really important for them to work on that present, you know, to, you know, sometimes being away from it, kind of out of sight, out of mind, mm. you know, I don't have to face it. I don't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but by being like thrown into it, thrust into it, you are kind of forced to deal with it. So to work through that. So, mm-hmm. so it's important to be active in that moment and be doing things, you know, to try to create that place of safety, security, whatever sure. it is. And there's a, there's a ton of reasons why home might not be safe, right? It, sure. it, and some of them might be things that that person themselves doesn't have a lot of control to change or to do anything mm-hmm. about. Some of them are things that they themselves need to change, things within them. So yeah, they might not be able to control that environment, but they can begin to work on how they think about it, how they how they respond to it, right? Sure. That's really good. I, I do feel like there's so many things in life we can't control. And then something I tend to share with um, students is there are quite a few things that we still can that we right. forget, like our attitude or our perspective mm-hmm. um, or our growth in like our response to things. I think that's really good. So that would right. be like an interesting encouragement for listeners like if you're depending on where you're at in your present like there's not a lot you can control but there are some things you can and even there's even times where I make lists when I start to feel overwhelmed I'll make lists of like okay what can I actually not control in this situation Mm -hmm. and it's usually bigger but then I make a list of like what can I control and those are the things I'm going to focus on Mm -hmm. because if I don't do that that I kind of go back and forth all the time so right And I think a lot of anxiety is about feeling out of control, right? Like I'm not in control of my life, right? And, and so the more that we can take control of in a healthy way, and I think it's important to think about in a healthy way, because a lot of ways people try to grab for control in their life aren't necessarily healthy things, you know, Mm -hmm. like um, a lot of eating disorders, for instance, aren't necessarily about body image and appearance and things like that, a lot of times it's about control. It's about, I want to be in control of something. And so control has been taken away from me. So I'm grabbing for control, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important to do it in in really healthy ways. Well, let's talk about that. Um, Let's talk about some practical things that a person can do um, in whatever situation they're in, whether they're home whether whether being home is is putting them in a stressful place or an anxious place or just fa- maybe home is great but they've just been there too long and, it, and in a way that is is not helping them so what are can we think about some practical things that a person can do for themselves first of all let's talk about for ourselves first and then let's move that to as we and I think when we talk about what's good for us we'll we'll understand what's good for our kids too so could we mm-hmm. let's focus on that for a second? What are some things that you would recommend to someone, Jeff? That you know, practical things that they could do every day, one day at a time. You know, recognizing that, but 
that, that they could do as they start their day, as they go through their day? What are some things you would encourage them to do? Right. Well, I think taking care of your physical needs are super important, right? So when you're talking about your physical needs, we're talking about getting enough sleep. We're Mm -hmm. talking about getting exercise. We're talking about, um, you know, eating properly, things like that. Um, Those just like really basic things that we have a tendency to let go and overlook when when our mind is so distracted by something that's you know, calling for our attention. And so I think, you know, having a routine is really important. I think, um, you know, trying to get to bed at, a, at, you know, relatively the same time every day, mm-hmm. trying to get up. It seems like if we allow our emotions to dictate the pace of our day or, you know, the course of our day, that could get to be really inconsistent because our feelings mm-hmm. change, our emotions change. Some mm-hmm. days we're, we're feeling really good and we're feeling really ambitious. Other days we're feeling a little bit, you know, exhausted or lethargic. And so if we allow our, our daily life, what, you know, our behaviors to be dictated by how we feel, then there's a real inconsistency there. So... I think for some people, it's really helpful to try to set up a routine, try to be, you know, follow a schedule, um, you know, try to be a little more regimented, try to do certain things. I, For instance, myself, um, since working from home, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of making the bed. I never have been, you know, <laughs> growing up, Chip, mom used to she had a deal with me as long as my bedroom was picked up as long as my bedroom wasn't a mess she'd come in and make my bed that was incentive <laughs> enough for me to keep my room clean yeah. i didn't you know i just yeah. do not like making beds since being home i've made the bed every single day and mm-hmm. it's not a big deal it's 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 really kind of a little thing mm-hmm. but it's something that i do every day and it's something that there's this consistency about it. There's this routine mm-hmm. to it. And and I think it's important to have those routines, to have certain things that you do, whether it be, you know, you spend some time just, you know, reading or writing or praying or meditating or singing, you know, anything that you would do on a regular basis is really important. You know, get that routine in. Self-care is, is an important thing, you know, because if you can't take care of yourself you're not, and you're not in good shape, you're not going to be able to take care of others. So it's a real investment. That, that investment in yourself is also an investment in others in that sense, mm, right? Would you, really would you say or would you suggest that if someone doesn't have something, some of those things in their routine, they've never done that, is this a good time to start some things? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's important. I think we're all under pressure right now. So anything we can do to release that pressure, to alleviate that pressure, keep it at a manageable level is is super important. Because you can control your routine, right? Everybody right. can. And, and, right. that, and that's, I guess that's what we're talking about is finding a place, finding the things that you can control and then focus on those things and not right. focus so much on the things that are out of your control, which are a lot right. of things right now. Right. You know? um, yeah. Good. What's some more, yeah. What are some more things? Um, exercise. There's enough research to show that there's a strong correlation between exercise and mood 
physical mm-hmm. activity and mood. So um, I'm, I'm, I've been watching a, a webinar on nutrition and mental health and they're saying, mm-hmm. you know, talking about uh, like sitting is the new smoking. Yeah, you know, it's I've like this that thing too. that, you know, you, we used to be, you know, our society smoking was this big thing and now there's not as many people smoking, which is a good thing. Right. But there's a lot more people sitting. So um, sitting is is the new smoking. So it's important mm-hmm. to to get some physical activity, to go for some walks, to, and we, and we can do that. We can do that responsibly. We can, you know, even during this time, we, mm-hmm. we can socially responsibly walk. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Jane and I, uh, we, we go for walks a couple times a week and we just give people plenty of distance when we're passing. Uh-huh. And, and um, I think it's important. So physical activity is good. That's an would you um, encourage somebody? I know information can be a really good thing, and it can also be something that just like right can spike right. things up. And we just live in a day and age where information is at our fingertips; it's constant. We're constantly taking things in, which is I I think one reason why we might be more of an anxious uh, population of people. But in this time where information is um, needed right like we Mm -hmm. need to know what's happening and need to know what's going on but it's also always coming out and it can be kind of scary or unknown and how do you encourage somebody in this time to like find a healthy balance of in taking information and then also taking a pause right um i i watch uh every every day at two o'clock um, mm-hmm. Governor DeWine and Dr. Acton, the head of the health department for the state of Ohio, um, they do like a press conference where they're talking about updates, new changes mm-hmm. in in some of the restrictions and um, talk about kind of the trajectory of the coronavirus. And um, Dr. Acton said something a couple of weeks ago that has stuck with me that I think is super cool and and really a wise thing. She said that 24-7 news is for our convenience, not for our consumption, right? Mm -hmm. So so we have all this news at our disposal. I mean, CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and all the others are are there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's super convenient. That's a convenient thing for us. But it's not for our consumption at 24-7. And so it's, it is important to, to get the information that you need, but then to shut it off and go on with life, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and take a, a more balanced approach. Not, don't get so extreme in one way or another. Don't like do the opposite. Turn off the news. Bury your head in the sand. Don't listen to anything. Right. That's an extreme the other way. That's not healthy, but it's it's equally unhealthy Mm -hmm. just to be consumed by it. I know for me personally, I've kind of done like a Sunday Sabbath of my phone, like of my of my even just social media, Mm -hmm. because as much as I enjoy social media and the connection, that's also what a lot of people are talking about. And that's okay. Um, So it's been good for me to have like a day on the calendar where I just kind of take a, a Sabbath from that and mm-hmm. walk away. And it is refreshing on Monday. I don't feel as overwhelmed when I go to look at stuff right. again, you know, like right. you're just kind of finding a little 
that's one way I kind of try to find a little bit of balance in it all. Mm -hmm. But I think that's really good. Yeah. Jeff, how would you, uh, how would you encourage people that are home? They're not alone. They're with a group of people. Maybe there's a, Maybe it's a family of uh, maybe 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 there's a few adults in the room. Maybe a grandma and grandpa live there. But do you think that if if someone is really struggling with something in a mental health place, they're just not in a good space. Um, would it? Do you think it's true or to say that people the people around you may notice that more than mm-hmm. you do, or may notice it before you do? Yeah. Um, I would say at this time. That's probably less likely to be the case than uh-huh. in normal times, okay. right? Yeah. Because in in normal situations where you aren't with that person all the time, mm. those small incremental changes will stand out more. Yeah. So, so typically a person who starts to experience some form of mental distress, whether it be anxiety or depression, it's... It's so it it kind of goes it's like so slow it it just kind of creeps up on them that they kind of recognize it almost after the fact mm-hmm. like you know it's it just seems like the change is so subtle and so small they don't notice it but let's say that you only see that person once a week or every couple of weeks mm-hmm. you see them the change is drastic because you're seeing two or three weeks worth of change in their mood and they don't see it. Right. So that's the typical scenario is that because the change is so subtle and it's, it's consistent and it's persistent, but it's such small incremental changes that over two weeks, it's a big change, Mm -hmm. but day to day, it doesn't seem like that big of a change. So I'm I'm almost wondering if maybe it's missed by other people now because they're with each other all the time in that scenario, it right? Looks, it looks so normal. So it would be subtle for them as yeah. well. It's just like, you know, it's from how you were this morning to how you are at lunch isn't that different, right? Sure. But how you were this morning to how you are next week could be radically different. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think now it's, you know, it's probably, it probably stands out less than it would in situations where we aren't with each other all the time. And we're in a unique, we're in a very unique situation. So like, I don't know if anyone really operates at their best in yeah, stress. Right. So it's, it's kind of interesting to right. see um, that side of each of us. But again, I think we can be intentional about how we grow in ourselves and perfect, um, not perfect, but really grow in our response to different things. Right. I, this time too, it is a good time to grow in our response to stress. Right. And I think is <laughs> like, while we're talking about stress, I think it's important to think about what we're feeling when we're talking about stress. And I think I mentioned it briefly before and, and, this is probably maybe a little more thorough explanation of the way I think about it and the way I talk to students about it is that I, I think of, I think of this force that's on us. Right. And so the, the, the force that we all feel is, and it's a good force. It's a valuable force. It's called pressure. Pressure is not a bad thing. Pressure is a good thing. Actually, pressure motivates us to do things. For instance, we have bills to pay. The pressure of paying the bills makes us go to work yeah. and be productive, right? Yeah, yeah. Students have 
the pressure of taking an exam. So because they have an exam coming up, that pressure causes them to study and prepare and to learn things. So pressure is not a bad thing. Pressure is a, is a good force in our life. Like but that. pressure, once it's not, if we don't respond to it, if we let that pressure build or we take on so many things that that pressure continues to build and build and build, then we start to feel stress. And I think about like if you take a stick and you and you start to bend that stick, you apply pressure to that stick and it bends and bends and bends and it's under more and more pressure and the stick can't release pressure, right? It can't do anything about the fact that I'm applying pressure to it. Right. And eventually that stick gets stressed. The weakest parts of it start to become stressed and eventually they break down and the stick will snap. Mm-hmm. I think we're kind of like that. I think that, you know, if we have all this pressure on us and we can't let go of it, we can't get rid of the pressure, eventually we start to feel stressed and the weakest parts of us start to break down. It could be digestive issues. We could have, um, you know, we can have headaches. We can have, you know, we could just become extremely emotional our emotions break down right. we have you know and so insomnia, and that's when insomnia it becomes a, is a part insomnia of that. yeah I know. and that's when it becomes anxiety right. so i look at it as like three things i look at it as we can manage our manage the pressure that we're feeling and if we don't manage it well and we start to feel stressed we need to deal with the stress and bring it back down to that level of pressure and if we don't respond to the stress and bring it down then we have anxiety, right? And that's when we break down. It's almost almost like if you think about like a traffic light, all right? So when the light's green, that's pressure. Go, 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 go. Just keep on driving. Just go about your business. That's pressure. When the light turns yellow, now we're experiencing stress. Doesn't mean stop. We don't stop at yellow lights. We proceed with caution. We start looking around us and saying, okay, I'm feeling pressured or I'm feeling stressed now. So what do I need to do to get it back down to that green, right? And if the light turns red, now we're having anxiety. That means stop. We don't, we can't keep on going. And so I think it's important to kind of stay at that green light and, and recognize, okay, what am I feeling? Am I feeling stressed? Am I feeling anxiety? Or am I just feeling pressure? If I'm just feeling pressure, Mm -hmm. I can just keep on going about my business taking care of business, getting things done, keeping that pressure at a manageable level, life's good. Mm-hmm. And then say, ah, this is a little more than pressure. I'm starting to feel stressed. This is, I need to kind of like look around and say, okay, what's a, what's putting all the pressure on me right now that I need to deal with so that I don't get to that place of anxiety? So I think mm-hmm. pressure management is more important than stress management. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think it's yours. (laughs) You can have it. Jeff, I think that's great. Can you you identify or help give us some examples of um, where we would identify points of pressure in our lives that we might be able to speak to or do something about in this time? Well, yeah, I think, um, well, see, I think the other thing we want to do is we want to expand our capacity to handle pressure, right? And so if... If we're walking around at, you know, at this like constant low level of stress, 
we don't have very much room to go. We don't have much capacity to take on more before it becomes way too much. But if we walk around in a more relaxed state, if, we, if we're more at peace with ourselves, if we're more at peace with the world around us and more relaxed, we can take on more. And so, I mean, think about the things that, you know, cause everybody pressure. I, for college students, obviously, I named a few, you know, academics, every, everything we take on, every obligation applies more pressure, right? So if we're, if we're in a romantic relationship, if we have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife, we, that's an obligation that applies pressure. If we have children, that's an obligation that applies pressure. If we're in some leadership role or we're a member of a team or something like that, all of those obligations, those things that require something of us, apply pressure to us, right? And so we don't want to take on more than we can handle. So we have to be aware of what our limits are, what are, you know, it's okay to say no. Yeah. It's important to say no. Yeah, that's good. If And so... We need to certain things we are not going to be able to say no to. Mm-hmm. All right. College students are not going to be able to go to their professor and say, ah, no, sorry, no test. You know, yeah, that's not going to work for me. Yeah. No, there's certain things we have to just life brings to us. Right? right. But there's other things that we take on that we volunteer for, that we sign up for yeah. that will apply pressure to us. We have to know that going in. Right. And like you said earlier, some pressure is good for us. Right. You know, some, I think all pressure is good. For yeah, us. some pre- yeah, pressure yeah, all, okay, let's say that. Let's just right. yeah, that's a good premise. All pressure is good for us if it's applied in the right If we're responding to it, if we're, if we're managing okay, okay. it, if we're if we're in a healthy way. If we're following through, right. Procrastinating procrastination that's not how you manage stress. Putting things off and waiting and waiting and waiting, that makes that pressure build. Mm. As deadlines get closer, yeah. our, the pressure increases, right? Yeah. So not just what we take on. There's certain things, you know, we have, there's obligations in our lives we have to do. But we should be doing them. We mm. shouldn't just procrastinate. We shouldn't wait right. because that just adds pressure to our life. So a practical thing to do, and I said it's important to manage pressure, Pressure motivates us. Stay motivated. Stay busy. Mm. Stay after things. Don't let things pile up. But also, also in the context of that routine you talked about, which is right. which is you know responding to the pressure, taking it on, and and getting busy. But then also keeping maintaining that structure where you have you know regular diet, regular bedtime, regular meal times, a regular journaling time, a regular quiet time, regular exercise, whatever it is that but not to let the pressure-filled things of our life that take that require something of us to take us away from those things that are going to keep us healthy, right? right. I mean, I think that's right. really important, kind of keep the both all that stuff together. But then also, and I appreciate what you're saying about the more we can figure out how to handle pressure, the more ready we'll be for it when more pressure comes. Because there's times when pressure comes that you don't have a choice about making, you know, what you said earlier, you know, it's okay to say no. And we could say no to lots of things, but like this pandemic, Nobody can say no to it, you know. Right. It's just right. we don't. Nobody chooses it, but it's but we all have to take it. So if you don't have a margin of in your life that can receive that pressure in a healthy way, then that's where it gets to be trouble for us, right? Right. And so think about things that are are relaxing for you, 
right? So the way to increase your capacity is to increase your relaxation, which seems weird. I'm not suggesting everybody just go chill out. That's not, you know, I mean, that's not the answer. <laughs> but I think there are things we do that that kind of refreshes us, mm. that that recharges us, yeah. that gives us energy, that doesn't take away our energy. And so, you know, again, meditation is is really good to just like quiet yourself and just allow things to just, you know, stop for a few minutes. Um, breathing, deep breaths, really good. I'm a breather. You know? I'm a breather. Yeah. It's it's super important. Well, the truth is, um, we're all we're all breathers. We need it, but we're all breathers. But when I say that, I just mean I have really. I mean, I'll just share personal. I this has been my become a, a practice that I've had been adopted for the for the like the last year, where I actually do a breathing practice. I mean, I do a meditative. Um, sit. It's a for me. It, it it really is helpful, and it doesn't take mm-hmm. a lot of time. And I could do it. I, I have a time when I do it, but I can do it any time during the day. So if I'm feeling particularly overwhelmed, I can. I know this. I can take a second, and and I'm saying when I say a second, I could take two minutes and just sit for a sec for two minutes and just breathe. Right. And it's so helpful. I can't believe yeah. it. That I, I wish I would have discovered it earlier in my life and, and recognized it. I've heard it, but I never really did it. But I yeah. just say... And the, just, older, the older we get, the less oxygen we take in. Hmm. Really? You know, and yeah, we, we lose like our, our lung capacity. You know, we, we get less air, less hmm. oxygen. So it's, it's really important to be intentional about it, to, yeah. to do it in a meaningful, purposeful way. You know, it also does, it, you know, so the physiological part, but it also brings me to that mindful place, that presence of being present in today. When I'm breathing like that, it causes me to be focused on where I'm at right now. And it's hard for me to think about the past or to think about the future when I'm focused right. on my breath right now. Yeah. And that's yeah. sort of a practice that helps me, br- that brings me to the present. And if you're, from what you said earlier, that being in the present is the, the best place we can be in terms of the balance. And I, It's what we can handle, yeah. Yeah, and I think for yeah. me, breathing, the breathing exercise, that it, it's a tool to get me into the present, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is good for me anyway. So, mm-hmm. excellent. Yeah. Okay, good. Keep going. I interrupted, but I just wanted to testify yeah. that works, and I, and I want yeah. everybody to do it. It's a great one. And singing is another one. Singing changes the way we breathe, right? So yeah. when you sing, you have to like... Take deep breaths and let your breath out slowly in real controlled way. And and so singing is a great thing to do, you know. Go go somewhere where you can sing and you know, or sing wherever you're at, whatever. I, say, I feel like if I would sing around people, that would yeah, stress everybody. Well, go for a ride. <laughs> you know? But um yeah, so those kinds of things. Um plenty of sleep is important. Um things that energize you, right? So reading something inspiring, something awe-inspiring, something that challenges you to think about something. That's important. Um, Writing, writing down your thoughts, putting a lot of times when we're thinking, when we just think about things, we think in like images and memories. We don't necessarily think in words. Mm. And so sometimes it's helpful for us to write out our thoughts or to pray out loud where we actually have to attach vocabulary to what we're feeling and what we're thinking. A lot of times when we do that, we gain a clarity of thought because 
it's almost like when you're explaining something you've been thinking about to somebody, and as you're explaining it, you're hearing it yourself in a way you've never heard it before. It's like, wow, that was really good. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in there. It came from you. It didn't come from some other source. Mm-hmm. It was in there. But you were forced by communicating to somebody, you were forced to attach vocabulary to it that meant something. And sometimes you gain insight and you gain awareness about something that might be bothering you or troubling you by talking it out or by writing it out. And so, you know, that's a that's a good way to kind of increase your relaxation as well, increase your capacity to deal with the pressures of life. Well, Jeff, thanks a lot. This has been great and we appreciate you coming and I hope maybe you'll consider coming back to our podcast because I feel like you have some good things to offer and I think that going down the road here, there's going to be some more things that you can be able to bring to us. Well, thanks. I appreciate being here. It's been fun. Uncle Jeff, that was so good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brittany. It's good to see you. Good stuff that I'll take away for sure. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week on the Roost Wings Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye.